With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino, and Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick, and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Gentlemen, how are we doing today on this Friday? Doing Rancho. good? He was great at Rancho. People, people don't <laughs> talk nice. enough about Rancho High School. I, I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, rodeo starts uh, yep. tonight. A lot, a lot of folks in town. A lot, a lot, of, a lot town. of folks for that. We just came off a heck of a weekend of, uh, of college and pro football. Uh, another upset on Thursday night. Um, yeah. We'll find out tomorrow at 6 o'clock Pacific just how many Pittsburgh people got eliminated last night. Mm. There were 14 out of the 30 survivors had him eligible. Can't say till we announce all the picks, but obviously some portion of Survivor got eliminated. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here we go for a, for another big weekend. Yeah, you know, staying power. I guess that's the name of the game right now uh, in the NFL. Uh, who has it? Who doesn't? Uh, who can hang on? I mean, teams, so many teams in AFC wants to back up. They want to back up. It feels that way anyway, so it could be intriguing. Yeah, no, it's really intriguing this time of year, the scenarios and all that stuff that's going on with the playoff races, as we saw last night. We do have a fun show on deck for you guys for a couple of hours here. Michael Calabrese, college football analyst over at the Action Network, will be joining us in hour number two, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. We'll talk some college football with him, maybe get some early bold thoughts, see what he has on Army-Navy coming up tomorrow afternoon. But let's talk about what we saw last night. I'm not sure what the bigger upset was, Mm -hmm. the game going over the total or the Patriots winning outright, but the Patriots do win outright 21-18 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have now lost back-to-back games at home as near touchdown favorites. Uh, not a good look here for Mike Tomlin and this team that's trying to make the playoffs. Trubisky last night I thought was a disaster with what he was doing, especially in that first half. And kudos to Bailey Zappi. 240 passing yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. But the Patriots uh, looked as alive as we've seen them offensively for quite some time. I thought it was shocking that they were able to drive the ball down the field. And, yeah. You know, um, 
um, it seemed like there might have been a, a change in philosophy of play calling uh, for the Patriots. They were more aggressive, tried to stretch the field, but they looked halfway decent. I mean, this was a team that just got shot out at home by the Chargers, mm-hmm. a team that got shot out at home by the Saints, a team mm-hmm. that scored three points in Dallas. Um, I'm not surprised it got over 30. I mean, Mike, you you never even dreamed of a total of 30 when you played in the NFL. I mean, come on. Uh, The rules are different, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) The rules are different. It's hard to stay stay under, but, uh, I mean, this is back-to-back losses to two-win teams. For, for Tomlin and the Steelers, and the crowd turned quickly on Mitch Trubisky last night. <laughs> I think they turned on our organization. I think they turned on Tomlin, too. Uh, I mean, uh, that was a poorly coached game. Uh, Tomlin needs to take more accountability and more responsibility for what happened out there. Seems like he doesn't want to. Seems like he's kind of distancing himself from that, but the, the struggles offensively for Pittsburgh are real. They have been real all year. Uh, when you're at home, certainly, uh, and you're not really scoring a lot of points, uh, they haven't been scoring a lot of points. I mean, you could factor in, what, two touchdowns tops for the Steelers. Uh, but, you know, take points when you have a chance. You know, they went for it on fourth down with a struggling offense. It cost them after a turnover. Uh, and then I, I just think when Belichick and that defense is playing soft coverage, and yet you're, you're running your receivers deep enough to run into coverage, that's a problem offensively. How are you not implementing the quick game? How are you not getting the ball out of Trubisky's hands quickly? Just take the decision process away from a quarterback that's struggling. Uh, just say, look, this guy's going to be wide open five yards from line of scrimmage. Doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the route. But yet Pittsburgh did not do that. And, and they got away from who they are again, uh, which is indicative of a team searching for themselves and the answers and trick plays inside the red zone with the tight end. I mean, that's stupid. Uh, so, uh, no, I, I just think I, I think from a betting standpoint, be more critical on these coaches. It is easy to coach in the National Football League if you have the players, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are loaded with the roster, if you are loaded with talent, uh, I don't care what coach you are, to be honest with you. Um, because a lot of times coaches get in the way. You, you got to, as an offensive coordinator, you got to let your best players make plays right now. It, it, it's not about your scheme. It's not about you thinking that your scheme is the next best thing since sliced bread. It's not uh, because teams have caught up to your scheme, your scheme. Teams have caught up to your tendencies. But what they haven't caught up to is your mismatches uh, and your best players. And Pittsburgh, they don't they don't feature their best players in a way that they should. Are their best players good enough? Oh, yeah. I mean, skill players good enough. Yeah, I think so. Pickens, Firemuth, um, uh, t- take your pick, running back. I mean, uh, it, it's just a creativity or a lack thereof. I, I think it factors back on the coaching staff uh, and the fact that they can't get out of uh, whatever they're meeting about. Like our, our scheme, hey, there we go. But but you can get you can get into trouble, and when you think that your scheme is going to get you out of trouble this late in the season. Would you say the opposite side of that argument or to what you were talking about was Monday night with Cincinnati and Jake Browning? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was on primetime uh, with Tim, and, and um, I said, look, you know, Jake Browning, you know, he's not Joe Burrow, right? We get that. But if you surround him with the type of playmakers he has, now they're true to who, who they are and their identity. And I think T. Higgins coming back, he's the number one receiver on a lot of other teams. Um, you can elevate that position. Uh, quarterback is the most dependent position on the field. Have to have the offensive line. You have to have the running back understand protection. And you have to have the receivers getting open. Uh, or the quarterback uh, is doo-doo, really. I mean, uh, but you can you can – 
elevate a quarterback that is not the caliber of an elite quarterback with elite players around him. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, we're talking about Jalen Warren. I mean, he touched the ball 11 times in that game. George Pickens, five catches for 19 yards. Like, Pickens is a big play kind of right. a guy. To only have five catches for 19 yards, that kind of speaks to the scheme there. And when you talk about this scheme, because this scheme has – overgone some some changes mm-hmm. because they went ahead and had their offensive coordinator Matt Canada he was fired now they have the new OCs in there calling the plays do you think that you still see the problems that we saw with Canada or can you attribute a little bit of last night to obviously the quarterback being Mitch Trubisky and not Kenny Pickett yeah I mean I think Trubisky is reluctant to throw the ball in there right he's reluctant to to thread the needle right uh, and that that's the tendency thing and that's what you know that's the book on Trubisky um, but as a coordinator, as a coaching staff, you also have to understand that. So how can I change that or how can I be different? Um, should, I, should I still run the same stuff that they prepared for all week? Or should I move guys around, be creative with formations and personnel? Uh, I think that can help out and throw off a defense. And therefore, okay, you know, Trubisky, we, we know that you're reluctant to do certain things. You don't have to. We're, we're not going to ask you to do that, right? But I, I think a lot of times... And you can see it down the stretch here in the National Football League when quarterback play is so poor uh, and god awful right now that these coaches that are trying to win games from the sidelines, they get themselves in trouble more times than, than they should. Uh, and I think you can take advantage of that as better. Yeah, I mean, half the AFC is starting backup quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> right now and it's 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 pretty unprecedented what we've seen from a QB injury situation all throughout this year from a Pittsburgh standpoint in terms of making the playoffs they fall to seven and six with this loss over at DraftKings the yes on them to make the playoffs is now plus 180 the no minus 220s pretty much telling you highly unlikely they make it was last night kind of the nail in the coffin for the Steelers chances to make the postseason yes for me the answer is a simple one yes draw, draw a line through them what happened to Trubisky he took two Bears teams to the playoffs has he regressed to this point? Well, you know what? It's fascinating because I think when players regress, you wonder why, all right? Um, lack of confidence or something. Like if I'm a receiver and all of a sudden I stop dropping, start dropping a the football, then mm-hmm. it, there's something going on up here. There's something where I'm not as confident as I once was. But I think when you're a starter like that and now you're a backup, you're not focused like you once were. I, you know, I think Trubisky... Uh, he probably says the right things and does the right things in the week of practice, but he's a backup, right? Uh, he's no longer the franchise quarterback or thought of to be a franchise quarterback. And uh, so there's there's some things and some some cloudiness that you got to work through as a player with that. So I, I think if you are if you know you're a backup, like Gardner Minshew, we were talking about him pre-show. Yeah, he knows that he's a backup and he's going out there and he has no care in the world. Uh, and he's playing free. Am I, am I going to make a ton of mistakes? Yeah, but you know what? The expectations aren't that high on me, right? Could the same be said about Zach Wilson in terms of the loss of confidence and the just kind of not as dialed in as he might have been when he was the face of the franchise, quote unquote? Yeah, there's more layers with that to me, Femi, because <laughs> he, he's a guy that lacks accountability. Like, I don't know if Zach Wilson has it upon himself to become better or to turn himself into a better player. That's the problem. Like, he's got everything you would want in a quarterback from an arm talent standpoint, the size, uh, the athletics, uh, the athleticism, all this stuff. But he's not getting better. Uh, and that's on him. That's not on a scheme. That's on a coaching staff. That's not on a team. Right. It doesn't matter if he went to a different situation. If we went to San Francisco. Uh, he would probably still stink. 
because yeah. he doesn't have it unless somebody out there can help him unlock what he needs to unlock. What's the attitude in that locker room knowing and we're assuming, but I think all the signs are there. Oh, yeah. Especially Rogers calling for no more leagues <laughs> that he did not want to be a starter again and said, no, you, you demoted me. I don't want to play anymore. Right. It's accountability. Well, I mean, how can that be for, for the I, rest I of the team? I have, well, <laughs> how do you want to play with that guy? I, I, or, I, you don't. But for himself, <laughs> Femi, look, the only way you make money in this league is if you're on the field playing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to tell me you don't want to go out there and play <laughs> because what? You, you got some bad feelings for towards the organization. I mean, what the hell is that? Right. In his feelings, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just tells you you more about the entitlement uh, of certain players that you know I, I'm good I don't need to go out there and I don't need to prove myself what are you talking about go back out there you know but it's entitlement and and the fact that coaches don't recognize it, it that that's what gets them fired uh, when you have the Drew Locks of the world and, you know, or, or the Zach Wilsons of the world and all these people, all these other quarterbacks that feel entitled or, or any other position or any other sport for that matter. When you, when you see entitlement, run away from it. Well, for the New York Jets, they tried to run away from it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it came back full circle when uh, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles opening night. We'll get more into that story as well as the rest of the NFL headlines on the other side. Just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi Line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Deuce Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. And what it does for you is that it links all your betting accounts into one app and it delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history. Find out for yourself. Download Juice Reel like Orange Juice and Reel, R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice. R-E-E-L. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi and Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here hanging out at the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, uh, before the show started, we actually had to settle a wager between the two of you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately for Pritch, he yeah. was on the losing end <laughs> as Mike Palm goes ahead and takes that 20 bucks from him. Georgia unable to get into the CFP uh, after losing in the SEC title game. And uh, yeah, we have our final yeah. four. Yeah, one loss in what, two years? <laughs> and they're not one of the four best teams? One loss in um, see ya. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it. See. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a three-peat either, I guess, huh? I mean, they already had two SEC teams. I know. Right? Texas, Texas and Alabama. Right, right. It's two SEC against two Big Ten, it is. which is a foreshadowing. And in eight yeah. years, there'll only be two conferences. Yeah. So they did get yeah. two SEC teams yeah. in there. And yeah. two Big Ten teams. And nobody's really thinking about it right. that way, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I lost. If, if it cost me $20 to get rid of that garbage, though, that's all right. I'm good. You're welcome, America. <laughs> you, <laughs> hate, you hate the 14 oh, playoffs. I hated it You'd since the You'd rather have the bowl system and the, and the polls. I'd rather have a playoff like we should yeah, have I, had I, years I, ago. Like a legitimate playoff. <laughs> I think six is also a reasonable number, but 12 is better. Six, eight, 12 yeah. takes arguments yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can't argue past 12, right? Wouldn't you yeah. like to see... Uh, Arizona in the playoff, which pro- yeah. they'd get in the top yeah. club. Wouldn't you like to the see Missouri, yes. Missouri and right. see if these teams can right. yeah. reward? And I said this all year long about the middle of the pack of a conference. Those teams are getting better. You know, you look at the transfer Penn portal, State. right? Well, the transfer portal is helping out a lot of schools, a lot of teams. And um, I think if you're, for instance, locally, if you're UNLV, you go from worst to first. You know, Odom's done a great job, but man, look at the portal. Look at the athletes that he's getting to on top of what they recruited. So I think you can get good, quick, fast, in a hurry in college football now. Uh, and therefore, I'm, I'm happy uh, that we're at 12 teams now. Everyone's allowed to get better, unless you're the backup quarterback for Florida State. <laughs> you're not allowed to get better. We don't mm. think you're good, so see you, you don't later. don't think with a month of prep. That's my that thing. A month of prep for that kid and that defense that they couldn't have kept within a touchdown of any of these four schools. Come up with a game plan. I think they'd give Michigan they a good game. I think they would, too. I think, you know, I, so when these two line, these lines came out, right, mm-hmm. I bet both dogs. I took two and okay. a half and four and a half, and I, I really – am leaning to doing a money line parlay. But I think Washington's got a good chance to win this whole thing, I think actually. Gonna, ooh, you saw them live. Yeah, I saw them live. They, you saw them live. Impressed. I think they've got a good chance yeah. to win, though. At seven and a half to one, right. that you can bet them right now to win two games. Yeah, seeing them live and seeing right. them, like, because you don't get the whole picture on TV, right, mm-hmm. in terms of what yeah. they were doing with the secondary uh, to kind of limit Bo and limit mm-hmm. Oregon. I mean, Oregon didn't even want to run the football. What's wrong? But what they're, because their third and short play calling is so bad, yeah. Femi. Sprint right. Sprint yeah. right. <laughs> sprint right. Let's right. do it. that damn sprint uh, right play? But Washington in the trenches, <laughs> they were more dominant. They were more physical. Um, they were more aggressive. And, I mean, <laughs> they are really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about the yeah. CFP yeah. coming up here, but I'm very interested. I, I don't know if Washington can win the whole thing. I do think they win the Sugar Bowl, though, and beat Texas. That I'm in, in agreement with you there, but we'll see what happens. But, but did you, you take the points already? Did I you? haven't bet it yet. Okay, I'm still right. hanging out right. waiting to see what happens. You're monitoring. <laughs> it's on the monitor list. <laughs> it's would, on they, the, <laughs> would they beat Georgia? Washington? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, they should be in the playoff. <laughs> Give so. me my 20 back. Chris, it's over, Chris. <laughs> it's over. It's yeah. over. Georgia's in the, what is it, Orange Bowl with Florida State? <laughs> Maybe. They yeah. might boycott that thing. Both teams boycott. <laughs> Kirby Smart and Mike Norvell out there boycotting the Orange yeah. Bowl. Sorry, mm. sorry down there in Miami. Mm. Um, in the NFL, though, speaking of boycott, Zach Wilson's trying to boycott playing quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> the story that came out that said that he was reluctant to play, it had been 
been shot down by the Jets. Robert Sala was trying to do his best to be like, oh, no, Zach came into the office and said that he wants to play, but we're not sure if we want him out there yet. And like, there's been a whole lot of spin doctor stuff going on here for Gang Green. From a betting standpoint, when you see all of this happening, the market still had a lot of interest in the New York Jets. And maybe that this is just, hey, it's no longer Tim Boyle and he's a disaster. <laughs> so we're like, there's actually a quarterback playing in this game. But still, like, there's a quarterback out there who probably doesn't want to be out there based on what we heard this week. I laid the points here. Mm-hmm. I think this could be an all-time disaster on Sunday with the Jets and could go turn south very quickly. Frankly, I wasn't impressed with their defense against. I thought Atlanta moved the ball. They let Ritter make some plays I haven't seen him make all year. Some throws in bad weather. Um, And I have to tell you, I thought the Texans-Broncos, we look forward to that game. I ended up taking three and a half there. Uh, Mm, That last sequence. Yeah, but I shouldn't even have been in the game. The Texans Mm. left Denver in the game. They really dominated the game, I thought. I'm very impressed with this Texans offense. And I'm very impressed with D'Amico Ryan. We'll get to this coach of the year discussion. But he's, I think everybody has to take a very hard look at him. I laid the three and a half here. I'm not waiting, hoping it comes down to three because I don't think it will. Um, Right? It's juiced more more the other way. So, um, yeah, I I just think the whole accountability, leadership, Mm -hmm. it's a powder keg waiting to go really south on Sunday. It's possible. (laughs) Highly possible. The wheel's about to fall off that thing, but um, I just trashed the Zach Wilson. Watch he have a fantastic game, though, right? Against the Texans. (laughs) Game of his life. (laughs) The game of his life. (laughs) Save his career. You know, from a betting standpoint, (laughs) and that's the thing, like, um, has Robert Sala lost the locker room? I mean, I I think I would start there um, because of some of the decisions that they've made, and and the clown show that it's been like you make a guy a starter and then you cut him uh, and now you want the other guy back in there. And so in the locker room, you kind of lose confidence that, hey, they don't know what they're doing up there. I, I right? in, in a way, I feel bad for Salah because I don't think yeah. he's making any of the decisions. I, I, I think I Joe Douglas I think is right. making the decisions and he's right. stuck with them. And you it, but he does a bad job of trying to sell it for the organization. Oh, yeah. Well, I also mean, means yeah. that he's not a strong enough coach, though. Like yeah. if the GM really is calling on the shots then you know, as players, we know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they haven't utilized their personnel. Nathaniel Hackett lacks creativity, right? We just talked about my scheme. And so how is he going to help Zach Wilson execute better? That's to me is a bet. Like, can he do that? And can he do that against the D'Amico Ryan's defense? That's been playing very, very well. Now, I think the injuries are kind of catching up to the Texans a little bit. Um, so... <laughs> I talked to the syndicate. This could be a Uh-oh. teaser play uh, just hey because now. of the type of game. It, it, I saw juice with the Jets here in, in Vegas uh, with their defense, but until the juice ran out, you know, I, I, in this game uh, against CJ, uh, maybe the juice lasts a little bit longer with that defense. If it can, then that that makes it attractive from a teaser standpoint. And I think what works well for the syndicate is that Houston, like Mike, Mike said that, like they've had trouble kind of blowing teams yeah. out. Like they kind of kept Denver in that game. <laughs> right. Nine and a half if you tease that up to that number. <laughs> Maybe it's just the Texans win by three, four, five yeah. points or something like four that. Four would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> four would be great. <laughs> I'm a little worried though <laughs> after your, your declaration uh, on Zach because, yeah. I mean, look how the the commander's defense fell apart after they got rid of Del Rio. I mean, so you were history has proven you wrong on that one. And well, they didn't fall apart. They didn't fall apart. He, they, they were already apart. <laughs> and here came to it. I think, and, uh, wow. There was, yeah. no, that was, there was no duct tape. Oh man. That, that was, was, that really was horrible. That's, that's the team that gave up. There's a guy right sitting, in front of your eyes. sitting next to me here on Sunday. And he kept saying, is now a good time to get on the under on this game? I said, no, nah, I just leave it going. Yeah, find, a di- yeah. find a different spot. Yeah. If you want. No. 
that thing. When's the last <laughs> Turn time? Turn your attention to another game. Yeah. When's the last time Rivera actually called defense? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that that was nasty. <laughs> Hopefully, Sunday was the last time he yeah. called defense after what we saw against the that Dolphins. Um, the game in Cleveland is interesting. Jacksonville taking on the Browns right now. The Browns three point favorites, total thirty two and a half. The uncertainty surrounding Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars' quarterback, injured his ankle Monday night, short week. Limited in practice on Thursday. I think he's also going to be out there once again here today. That's a quick turnaround for what they're calling a high ankle sprain. Do you think that Lawrence goes out there and tries to give it a go? Because right now, I think all indications are that he'll be a quote-unquote game-time decision. I don't know how you can bet the game not knowing if he's playing. Right. Right? Unless you're really confident and you have a read and can get ahead of the number moving for the announcement. But you're not going to get an announcement until Sunday, probably. So I, I, you know, and I have a hard time backing whoever the the, the Cleveland quarterback is. I don't care who they're playing. You're not Wacko for Flacco? Stop. I mean, (laughs) come on. I want to know what this P.J. Walker did to Stefanski. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, he must have done something to his family but, because this is unbelievable to me. <laughs> You're P.J. Walker's defense attorney over here. Yeah. Why are you on Fields? You're Fields' defense attorney. Now, why can't I be for P.J. Walker? The guy won two out of three games. Ball hit a helmet in Seattle. We wouldn't even be talking about all this stuff. Yeah, he's actually in costume right now with his suit. <laughs> I mean, he's got the lawyer's suit on. He's got the lawyer's suit on. Get the billboard on the I-15. Got to sponsor a power play or something at the night's games. Yeah, this was a tough game to bet. This game was a tough one to bet, though. The Paul power play. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? It really is because Bethard. I, like, so is is Trevor Lawrence um, doing what Patrick Mahomes did from a high ankle sprain? I mean, but that was that was different, right? Um, and this is too quick, I think. Too, uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I would assume Bethard's going to be starting this game. Does this number end up closing three and a half, four once they announce Lawrence is out? I'd say four. Four. I'd say move a point. All right. Well, there you go. Try to get ahead of that news if that news does come later on this week. And we'll get to the other NFL games on the other side. This is Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. College Bowl season is here, and VSN has an early Christmas present. <clears throat> Excuse me for you. It's early. It got me choked up as well. That's so emotional. It's a good. This thing is not a VSN subscriber yet. No problem. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everyone. We have spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger for every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get a free copy of our VSN College Football Bowl betting guide, absolutely free. Visit VSN.com/slash/bowlguide and get your free copy today that's a hell of a deal right there should go ahead and jump on that this is the lombardi line femi bebefe alongside mike palm mike pritchard here uh this time of year everyone's dealing with something so we're gonna go ahead and fight through this thing here um just you know a little under the weather not too bad though you know we'll fight through this thing you know you watch, you watch this picture where we throw the football and you mm-hmm. might not know this pritch okay. but in junior high uh-huh I, I don't would, know this. I was a wishbone quarterback. <laughs> Were you really? I, I believe I, that. I, I was. Well, I well that's what we call this triple I option. That. I was. Uh, no, I believe yeah, that. I did. The veer or the true in wishbone? Six, 
You know, it was a true wishbone. Okay. And we had a decent tight end, too. So, I mean, you could hit it. But, you know, I never grew. Like, in sixth grade, I was the biggest kid in the class. Yeah. And then I never really grew. So yeah. I became, you know, a, a flanker and a cornerback right. in high school. You had right? John Gruden syndrome. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was a, he was yeah. an option quarterback, too. But didn't grow. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't I didn't sprout. I didn't grow. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, tight end could play, though? Lance, Lance McElhaney. I really yeah, my, idolized him okay. growing up. I thought he, he could hold that ball so Montana, long on the option. To you your know? point, Montana uh, ran um, not a wishbone, but they yeah. ran the ball oh, a lot. Yeah. 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 Every quarterback. We don't get it as much anymore, which is unfortunate. But uh, that was back when college football teams. I mean, we got the wishbone. We had the power eye. We had like, the, the like there, was, there was so much different yep. uh, all throughout the country. Now it seems like everyone's running the same stuff, which, uh. hey, whatever. I guess that it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> let's talk some NFL here because we have some marquee matchups, maybe playoff preview matchups this Sunday. And it starts in Arrowhead where the Chiefs are hosting the Buffalo Bills. This line has continued to tick down. And here we go once again. Buffalo getting respect from the market against the Super Bowl contending team. Right now, that line is sitting at one and a half. Chiefs are the favorites. Total 48 and a half here to where are you guys buying this as a potential spot for the Bills to sort of kind of get their season back on track and make a playoff push? I would love to get three here. I mean, I'm not available, but I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, you would think this game would have been closer to three. A lot of respect for the Bills in the market. Yeah. And I like the Bills, but I don't know if I only want to take a point and a half here. I mean, I'm really saying they're going to win the game. If I'm mm-hmm. going to take a point and a half, I'm, I, you know, they're going to lose. Game by lands one. I, if they don't win this game, they're not making the playoffs, right? They're up against it anyhow. Yeah. Um, I think this is like the most underachieving, talented team out there. And they have the potential to be a big disruptor in the AFC. But this is like an elimination game as yeah. far as I'm concerned for them, which gives them a lot of motivation heading into Kansas City. I didn't think Kansas City looked very good on Sunday night at all. No, nope. they're, they're very mm-hmm. mundane offensively. The Packers move the ball against that great defense that they have this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um I'll probably end up passing it and just hoping the Bills win because I'd like to see the Bills make the playoffs because I think it would create some betting opportunity. Well, the way yeah. that all the other teams above them are falling back yeah. to them, they yeah. got an opportunity right now. Um, you know, the thing about the Bills is they they came into this season distracted uh, with the comments about Diggs and certainly Josh Allen, not really a strong enough leader in the locker room, that kind of thing, even though the offense revol- revolves around Josh Allen. Um, McDermott under some fire, but that defense mm. is old and not deep. Yeah, they're old and, and not, not deep. big either. They're not, They're not big, big, right? They're small no, they, defense. They, they got rid of some physical <laughs> yeah. players, and then Milano got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so they're not the same defense. So they are leaky. I mean, they give up a lot of points, but they rely on Josh Allen to bail them out and, and score a lot of points. And, you know, last time Josh Allen, I mean, we remember that game against Kansas City, and, and I think that could be in your minds a little bit, but Buffalo is so different than they were back then. Uh, I say that back then was a couple of years ago, I think, when we mm-hmm. saw that uh, tremendous football game. Now, on the other side, Kansas City is struggling offensively. Uh, they don't have an explosive uh, type of package that they can unveil out there. Uh, they're going to have to rely on uh, yards after the catch and, and certainly a running game. And, and, and can the defense kind of keep them in the game against Josh Allen? It's, I, it's a hard bet for me uh, because I can see this game in so many different ways. Can I ask you a question about officiating, Pritch? Absolutely. At the end of the Packers game, Sunday night, the the crew blew four straight calls. <laughs> Mahomes is hit totally in bounds, right. mm-hmm. and and the field judge, who's twenty yards from that old guy Rick, throws the flag. The side judge is right there, right. and and uh, Brad Allen's right there too, following Mahomes on the play. They don't call it, and they get together and still call the penalty. 
He's obviously down on his back. They mm-hmm. let it go. I know they're supposed to let it go and let him review, but now it causes Pacheco to get thrown out because in the buildup of that whole return, he throws a punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how could you? How could three guys miss the pass interference against Scantling at the five-yard line? I mean, he climbed up his back. Right, right. And then... The, the, then the pass to Scantling with 30 seconds left. He's tackled in bounds and, and he go, runs three yards back to get out. That's obviously still a running clock. Mm-hmm. And the, the girl calls him calls it out of bounds again. I mean, they blew four obvious. Yeah. Did you ever have that happen when you were a player? I know we blow it up because we're in a social media area and we well, can put this on Twitter and replay it and yeah. all that. But did you did you have that kind of thing where they just miss so four obvious calls in critical situations? No, because I, I think officiating was better when I played. Yeah. Frankly, um, and this this is the reason why they got heads sets on now so they get bailed out repeatedly the communication that they get in their headsets uh whether or not they want to admit it uh is affecting them as officials uh mm-hmm. let them officiate the game the way the way that they see it and let a crew come together and and okay figure it out that way don't have to worry about somebody talking to your ear and saying this is what i saw this is what you know you guys need to do this you need. and so i think it's affecting it but the entertainment value because now we have um these former referees up there oh, from a, for the entertainment yes. value of it, right? And that's that's what they're going to. But that's what the league feels like the fans want. Uh, but they are screwing up a lot of calls now, all because of that headset. I think I'm just, I'm good on the rules analyst. Like, I don't need it in the broadcast. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't need it. I, it's like, like you said, like it, it's almost like the refs are now becoming like a part of yeah. the whole like performance. It's like, right. we shouldn't have to notice them. You might, right. you might need it once a game or less. It's just like like coming in and telling Aikman, you know, your wrist is your hand, so you're not down if your wrist is. He didn't know that. He said his wrist hit, his wrist hit. And whoever it was, Perry or whatever, said the wrist is a hand, so you're not down on the wrist. Right. right? And Aikman said, really? Okay, but but common sense is common sense. Like last night, the center. Like, I mean, really? You're going to call what? um, Yeah, that was a tough one. Instead of offsides, you're going to call a legal procedure. I mean, because of a head bop. I mean, the interpretation of these rules and, and the officiating is poor, but the NFL loves the entertainment value of the rules analysts and interjecting that for the audience. It's just uh, Gene Steratore, Terry McCall. I, I'm good on all of it. Um, do you think, Pritch, because you said that officiating was better when you were playing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're asking these guys to look for too much stuff to where it's like there's all these weird em- like oh there's an emphasis on body weight there's right. an emphasis on this emphasis on all of a sudden now there's an emphasis on a legal man downfield because mm. we're seeing those called a little bit more like do you think that they're asking these guys to look for too much than what I they mean, used to do I I think um, there was an emphasis on illegal contact but we see that on every play right past mm-hmm. five yards the guys are are handsy with each other right um, <laughs> I, I think. What I'm going back to, what I'm referring to in terms of officiating being better is they used to talk to us before a game. Hey, we're going to call it this way. We can go up to a side judge. We can go up to a back judge. We can go up to a field judge. Hey, how are you looking at this game? How are you, are you looking for this? Are you, and they would tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then certainly uh, in the course of a game, especially if it's competitive, hey, look, I'm going to call that next time. Don't do that, right? Yeah. We don't get that now. Um, we don't get any type of communication. We get the, It's about us and are officiating more so than we get the fact that, okay, let's let's make sure we have this competitive situation in these football yeah. games. Yeah, manage the game was what the yeah. official was supposed to do, not like become part of the game, which is what they do now, which is unfortunate. Back on the Buffalo side of this, because I do think this is an interesting kind of pivot point in their season here to where if the market is correct and they actually end up winning this game, like right now they're a short dog, opened up three-point dog, now down to one and a half, a lot of interest in this team throughout the week. Is this a team that we should maybe be buying in on for perhaps 
to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. Like, because if they get to the play- postseason, based on the teams that are in there right now, this could be a pretty dangerous Buffalo Bills team if they were to get hot at the right time. Because we've seen in the past, teams that get hot in the month of December can kind of keep it rolling once we get to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think Buffalo's built to make the playoffs, but they're not built to get through the playoffs. Because they don't run the football, they're not physical, uh, and they're not deep enough defensively. Uh, and they rely so much on Josh Allen. Now, the way the AFC is playing out, what you got Cleveland, you got Indy, you got Houston, Pittsburgh, Denver, Cincinnati, all those teams can fall down to Buffalo. Let's see. Let's say they make a wild card. Could they go and win at Miami in a 2-7 in a or 3-6 matchup? I wouldn't bet it. No? They could win mm. it. I mean, obviously they could win it, right? But, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I wouldn't bet that. No. So they they dominated them pretty good in Buffalo earlier mm-hmm. this year. Sure, sure. We'll I, see what I happens. Haven't seen the Dolphins being a winning team. No, we haven't. We haven't. <laughs> uh, Buffalo <laughs> was different yeah. back then, though, right? When I mean, yeah, the defensively they were yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Like what if Buffalo? Right. What if Buffalo went to Jacksonville or like you know without like, like a that's, quarterback in Jacksonville? I mean, yeah, that's possible, right? It's, I mean, Houston might still win that division if, if Lawrence is out for yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah. Never know. Well, he's a game time decision. They still have Sunday. to play, but Baltimore still plays everybody. How about this Baltimore <laughs> schedule? Yeah. Really loaded to the back. Yeah. yeah, they play Jacksonville. They play San Miami. Francisco, San Francisco. Miami. Yeah. They play everybody. Yeah. All roads go back to Baltimore, the charm city. We will get into some futures markets coming up next. Coach of the year, where it is a lot of competition for the award. We'll discuss it next year on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Mike Pritchard, Mike Palm, Femi Abebefe here in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas, the place to be for the National Basketball Association. The IST in-season tournament semifinals last night. We saw the Pacers, Elliott's Pacers go ahead and beat the Bucks, and then the Lakers beat the brakes off of the New Orleans Pelicans last night. So where now we have Lakers Pacers tomorrow night at T-Mobile. You guys going to the game? No. You're not going to go? I would. Well, if it was in my backyard, I wouldn't open the curtains. I, I put it. <laughs> well, I put it. But JVT, wow. I spent three hours with JVT last Saturday because he switched mm-hmm. with Ben because his son had a game. So I got to talk basketball for a while and. He's got me a little bit interested, and I have to admit, I bet the game yesterday while we were were, in, were on air with Tim Murray, and I went under 259 and a half, five minutes in, and I bet the second half over, so I had a middle. I needed I needed the Bucks to make that three at the end. I know they were fouling, <laughs> yeah. but I, I but I got there on the middle. I actually thought it was good. Wes Reynolds so excited for his pace. He is. Um, yeah, they play defense because they're playing for half a million right, dollars. Right, right, They're playing defense. Guys are motivated. They're fouling down 10. <laughs> I mean, NBA game, you're down five with 18 seconds. They just walk off the court. So right. who cares? Yeah. And, and, and it's good for Las Vegas because the Lakers. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, the big thing yeah. for Las and, Vegas. And like, soon to be the yeah. Las Vegas Pelicans, maybe. <laughs> they're in town, hey. too. Hey, no. <laughs> no, not soon to be. But um, I, I normally don't bet the NBA until after Christmas. <laughs> but yeah. the, the this end-season tournament is kind of intriguing, though, right? It's kind of yeah. forcing you, not forcing you, but getting you interested uh, in the fact that they are playing better basketball than typically around this time. It's like after Christmas, a mechanism goes off for these NBA players, and it's certainly after the All-Star game. uh, They really get serious. But no, this championship game uh, is intriguing. I don't know if I'll bet it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's kudos to Adam Silver, the commissioner. Uh, and right now we're just looking at the market. The Lakers four point favorites total at 240. But huh. it's a Pacer game, so I guess it has to be that high. I'm intrigued by the new rule they <clears> came <throat> up with in this tournament. These loose ball timeouts where you can call timeout when the ball is. <laughs> what if you could do that in football <laughs> once a game? Sure. The quarterback, if yeah. you get the white flag out and hits the ground before clear recovery, <laughs> you keep the ball. Right. Pucks loose in <laughs> yeah. front of the net. Hockey, you throw it out on the. I mean, so the, the loose yeah. ball Henry, timeout. Henry Kissinger's doing a good job here with the end. Hey, we, we had to get Vegas's team to Vegas. So for a, for a moment, did you think that Belichick was trying to tank when that guy jumped off sides on the punt? I mean, come on. I mean, that was that was a rough offside. <laughs> but they didn't call it though. No. They didn't call it. But <laughs> that was rough. It's like dude. also that was. I thought that was kind of a rough punt. I, I would, if yeah. I was Tomlin, yeah. I don't even send the punt unit out. Like we're going for this. Yeah. yeah. They only had yeah. one timeout left. It's like we gotta go. We like we're not gonna get the ball back. He wouldn't take wouldn't the points. He wouldn't take. Wouldn't take the points either. Though. I couldn't believe they went there yeah, at I know. the end of the quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe they went there. Why won't you make it a one score game? A whole know. quarter to go. <laughs> it was a very desperate. Sure. Desperate move. Poor coach. Other one other thing before we get away from the. I hear all these pundits. This would mean so much for LeBron. This would mean so much for KD to win this in-season title. Legacy. What are you talking about? <laughs> How about for the guys at the bottom of the salary scale and the rookie? Wouldn't this five hundred thousand yeah. mean more to them? Absolutely. I mean, well, that's sure. serious. Well, what serious. they're telling you is that Michael Jordan never won the in-season tournament. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Here we go. Here we that's go. What saying. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're telling you. MJ never did it. Magic never did it. Bird never did it. Well, I think LeBron, LeBron's out there Bill playing. Russell, Bill Russell never. Yeah. Never. 
Never. Never. Eleven no. rings, zero in-season tournament cups. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a good line. It's the facts. That's Uh But no, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, we're the playing line. her, but we're, we're, we're fighting oh, through it. Maybe nah, the, maybe the day cool's kicking in now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mike Tomlin, though, the last couple of weeks, probably played himself out of the Coach of the Year running. Out of the Hall of Fame? Did he play himself no. out of the Hall of Fame? He's still in the Hall. Is he? My Hall of Fame, at least. Is he a Hall of Fame coach? He's working on it. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's working he's on it. He's not in yet. I don't think so. He's working on it. Okay. No, no losing season in yeah. 16, 17 well, years? Well, one Super Bowl. Maybe one, one coming up. One Super, um, Bowl. one Super Bowl. Two Super Bowl appearances, though. He's working on it. Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh, he would it's be, debatable. He would be there for me. Okay. At what point, though? Because Mike Shanahan supposedly is going to get in this Shanahan year, right? should, he should yeah. already be He should have been in a I don't long know time what, yeah, I don't know yeah. what the yeah. weight is. For, yeah. Like, I mean, everybody's copying his offense. Right. I mean, like that, that alone should tell you that he should be in. No. And if he wins another title with San Francisco. With Kyle, he's definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A third Super Bowl championship oh, yeah. yep. for Mike Shanahan as a head coach. Well, he's got one with McVay. <laughs> he does. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> They're all running his <laughs> offense. They're all running it. So, hey, they put him in there. Just like, just like Eric Coriel, Don Coriel. Like put it, they put him in, put Shanahan in. Mike Holmgren, also another one. He needs yeah. to be in the like, What oh, yeah. are we doing? Uh, but coach of the year right now, uh, I think that this is an interesting market just where we sit because it feels a little bit wide open uh, as we head into week 14. The favorite in the market, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. You have D'Amico and Ryan sitting at plus 250. Mike McDaniel plus 450. Shane Steichen plus 500. And then after that, a drop off down to Matt LaFleur and Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin O'Connell at 20 to 1. Sean Payton, 22 to 1. Doug Peterson at 20. 25 to 1. But right now, I don't know if Dan Campbell should be the favorite. In fact, I think it probably should be D'Amico Ryans based on what the Houston Texans have done through 12 games. They got a much better price on D'Amico a couple weeks ago. You could have. Um, See, to me, and so this is my perspective versus voters' perspectives, doesn't Mm -hmm. it have to do with your preseason expectations? Yep. I mean, so if if that's the case, D'Amico's obviously the winner. Their win total was four and a half, Mm -hmm. right? He would be an obvious choice. If Steichen somehow gets this team to the playoffs, you have to consider him. That's a really good case. No one's talking about the Colts. That was a heck of a finish. I I picked that game up in like the fourth quarter in Tennessee. That was an amazing game. And Tennessee misses the extra point and leaves them in the game. Tennessee gets the ball first. You think they're going to go score. Steichen and then... I don't know that Peyton's out of it at 22 to 1, just as how bad they were at the beginning Mm -hmm. if they make the playoffs. But to me, their alternate choices to what I think clearly should be like an even money choice right now, D'Amico Rides. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I I think I I had a ticket on Zach Taylor when Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl, but Vrabel Mm -hmm. won. Yeah. I remember you said this, uh, yeah. Femi, because you were tracking it. Uh, what people were saying, the narrative was like he's doing more with less. With all the injuries the Titans right, had that year. Right. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the parameters are for coach of the year, right? Because what Zach Taylor was doing with that with that team was incredible. But but that, that vote is before the playoffs. Right? It is. Yep. It is. So but they, they were on their way, them though. And that three turnover game yeah. on their way to the Super Bowl. Right. right? And, yeah. And, and yeah, but they were on their way. You yeah. can set, I mean, yeah. They were yeah. setting records that yeah. year as an offense with Burrow and all those guys. But um D'Amico is doing more with nothing, <laughs> really, if you think about it, right? I mean, they hit it out the park with C.J. Stroud and I think Stingley starting to play. So their draft, uh, the, the defensive end from uh, Alabama that they Will drafted. Will Anderson. So, yeah, Will Anderson. So their front office is coming together, and now they got the right coach. Because uh, they mm-hmm. looked. Well, they didn't really look. They just selected people. Uh, but they finally uh, looked, and they, and they found the right guy for the job now. And uh, he's on his way to winning coach of the year. I, I mean, Shane Steichen is, is incredible, what he's doing and, and what that team is capable of right now. If I knew what the criteria was, I mean, how do you deny Kyle Shanahan, though? 
what he's doing with making that team. I know he's got a great roster, right? He's lost mm-hmm. three games. He's got, football argument he's, now. He's, he's yeah. <laughs> Can't make the playoffs. It's a three-loss team. But yeah. he's made Mystery Can't Irrelevant. He's made and helped Mystery Irrelevant become an MVP candidate. I mean, that mm-hmm. to me is coaching. That is coaching, right? Yeah. Um, that is creating an offense in which it doesn't matter what you're trying to stop. You can't. The Mr. Irrelevant narrative is a false narrative. It I could mean, be. the guy started 48 games at Iowa State. Were, right? you, were you impressed with him at Iowa State? No. He, he got benched <laughs> during yeah. the Iowa game. Exactly. Like, they pulled him out during the Iowa game. I, 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 I didn't think he got better from his freshman year to his senior. <laughs> right. I was like, what is this guy? Right. right. But he's now an MVP candidate. But, right. you, but you go from Dan Campbell to Kyle Shanahan to, to your argument. That, that's a big upgrade, I think. Yeah, you, you yeah. I mean, come on. I I'm mean, not a Dan Kyle Campbell Matt Campbell, yeah. yeah. Matt, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Matt Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. a Matt Campbell guy yeah. at all. Yeah. I, no, but, <laughs> but, but Kyle's not going to win. About yeah, Kyle's not going to win. I get that. But, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet not. that. Yeah, no, he's not, not. But I'm just saying from a coaching standpoint, that I mean, he's would, done a hell of a job. Would you bet D'Amico at plus 275 right now? No, I, I like D'Amico after they beat Sensi. I was talking to Gil on his show about Was it still like 7-06 to 1 then? It was up there. Yeah, it was... Uh, the, the only thing that oh, my only hang up with D'Amico is that I wonder if because Stroud is going to win offensive rookie of the year, like that's already done. Mm. Will Anderson's been coming on as of late to where like I think he actually might pose a legit challenger to Jalen Carter for defensive rookie of the year. Are the Houston Texans going to get three awards? Like, and it seems silly to think about it that way, but I do think the voters kind of like like to spread the wealth and tell the story of the season with how they vote. I don't know if Houston would win three, and I think honestly. Of the three Texans, like, award candidates, I think D'Amico is probably the one that's the most, like, on shaky ground just because I think Anderson can chase down Jalen Carter and Stroud pretty much already has Offensive Rookie of the Year wrapped up. Do the same people vote for all awards in the NFL? And it's like 50 people, 50 people, right? Exactly. Not 830. 50 of uh, (laughs) not the brightest bulbs, but hey, they're they're also voters. Like, I I do wonder, I'm like, are they going to give three awards to a team that goes, like, 10 and 7? You make a case for LaFleur. I think a case is out there to be made. Yeah. If they run the table, I think Lafleur's playoff failures will haunt him still in people. Okay. Good. Right? Like he's even they make the playoffs, he hasn't proven anything to them because of the disappointments of previous years. I do think Steichen at plus five hundred. If they make the playoffs with Minshew, that's a really, really strong case because yeah. he's putting that thing together with duct tape. All right, we'll get back to the marquee matchups to start hour number two of the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.